Coming to you from Studio Ice Nine in Earth's capital, San Diego, California, USA. It's the Beatdown Show. If you don't think it's mess, you got the wrong damn address. Here is your indomitable host, C. Colton. If we don't believe in freedom of expression for people we despise, we don't believe in it at all. The immortal words of Noam Chomsky, father of modern linguistics, intellectual titan, and pioneer of cognitive science, probably one of the most brilliant men alive, personal hero to yours truly. Salutations, amigos y amigas, and welcome to the 17th episode of the almighty Beatdown Show. (laughs) That's marvelous. It certainly is, and boy, am I excited to get this one going. First of all, we are a... San Diego-centric podcast will touch on a variety of topics, among them sports, music, culture, and of course, craft beer, as we are the craft beer capital of America. And we'll always speak our minds on the Beatdown Show. We're beholden to no one. We have no sponsors and no hidden agenda. Uh, really excited about this one. The show, by the way, the show's constantly evolving there's going to be a lot of moving parts. Today will be one. This episode will be one of those situations where we've moved, we've shaken up the deck a little bit, and we're going to see how things turn out. So, if you'd like to contact the show, definitely subscribe on iTunes or I like to use Podcast Addict. You can uh, leave a review, tell us how much we suck. We also have a Facebook page and a Twitter handle that is at Beatdown Show. Check those out. First of all, this show would not be possible if if it weren't for the grueling hard work put in by our executive producer and engineer extraordinaire, McCoolin. And you can definitely find out more about what's going on with his band, the Gorgeous Boy Scouts, on their Facebook page or at GorgeousBoyScouts.com. We've got some news coming up about them. Ah, I got to tell you, I am really excited to have my co-host joining me, my guest co-host. He's been here before, the incomparable Chris Sar. What's happening, man? You're a chucker. Yep, I guess I am. And uh, hey, it's good to be here, C. And, uh, or C note, or C fresh, or C whatever it is that people want to call you that starts with a C and a dash. And I don't even think you introduced yourself uh, yet. I didn't, and thank you. That'll serve as, as a plenty good uh, introduction. The only one I'd, I'd add is uh, Cornelius Coltniferous Third Esquire. Of course, if you're not into the whole brevity thing, but, dude, I'm really stoked you could be back and uh, help us uh, keep the beatdown show, uh, you know, a-flowing. 
Well, thanks for having me. And uh, I know it's a San Diego-centric uh, podcast. Um, I don't know how many of your listeners want to celebrate this with me, but I just saw uh, today uh, one of my Facebook memories that this is the second anniversary of the San Francisco Giants' third uh, oh, World wow. Series championship okay. in five years. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't, again, you know, I don't know who else is celebrating with me, but uh, it, was, it was a great moment for me. The silent uh, minority, probably. <laughs> but uh, they're so silent. Great to have you, nevertheless. Uh, <laughs> well, we're going to switch things up. First, I'm going to do the breakdown of the show. Break down. The flow will break you down. Yeah, the flow will break you down. The flow will break you down. I'd like to let that foosh nickens beat right in as we break it on down. So break normally, it down, see? You know I will. Uh, normally we would uh, go right into the show of like sort of news topics and things happening around San Diego. Uh, this time we're going to start with what you drinking on our uh, craft beer tasting and review. And this is uh, via guest insistence. That's right. Uh, Sar came over and he was... Really thirsty, hungover as as all get out, and uh, he said, "Give me a cold one." So I mean, we're gonna do that. The hair first. of the dog is uh, is an expression for a good reason. Well, we've got the elixir of life waiting in the wings for you when we do that. After we do that, then we will get to kind of the happenings and goings on of San Diego. There's, it's been a crazy October of 2016, and a lot of things have happened from the. Fatal shooting of an unarmed man in El Cajon to the Coronado Bridge truck uh, crash uh, that affected a lot of folks in Chicano Park. We'll also talk about whether or not uh, a sort of a suicide fence slash higher guardrail or, or safety uh, structure needs to be put up on the Coronado Bridge and we'll go into that. And then we're going to have a lot to say about Measure C. Yes, the Chargers Stadium Initiative. This There's, one I'm looking forward to chatting about because I know you have uh, some interesting, an interesting take. I certainly do. And uh, I've been going a certain way with it in previous beatdown shows. Let me just surprise you now. Then we'll get to sports. There's a lot going on there. The Chargers are actually... Uh, the they probably might be the best three and four team in the NFL, and they're actually winning games now. Um, we'll also talk about the Aztecs again. We can't say enough about their running back, Donnell Pumphrey. He is taking the nation by storm. We'll kind of do a look ahead to college hoops, and uh, then we'll talk about local music. We'll have some updates about the gorgeous Boy Scouts. That, of course, is executive producer McCoolin's band. And uh, we've got some exciting news about them, as well as some cool shows coming up. And I'll have a kind of a tiny little bit of a tidbit of a show I went to at San Diego's legendary Casbah recently. Did you rock it? Oh, I rocked that Casbah. Let me tell you. I'll tell you what. We'll save that for the music segment. And then last but not least, we'll always get down with the signature portion of the show. The beatdown list. Thank you, Sar, man. You're right on top of it. So uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm getting pretty thirsty. I don't know if you are. Oh, you know I am. Time to drink. Be careful, man. There's a beverage here. Huh? I like a beverage. Uh -huh. I'm kind of thirsty. And I want to be a Hey. Who doesn't want to be a beer truck driving I mean, sensation? And that song, that song takes me back to uh, you and I. 
hearing it live many times in the, the, the Wunderbar, the G Street Pub, and other areas around Sacramento. I think Old Ironsides. That's right. Uh, Yep, et cetera. Another, a lot of people, uh, a lot of places that people listen to this podcast haven't heard of up in Northern California. But uh, you and I together enjoying some good, good music by the uh, the Brodies. Yes, that uh, song "Beer Truck Driver" is brought to us by the Brodies, a Sacramento area Davis kind of whole general area capital region where we band, met, uh, where, where we met so many friends. years ago. So yes, so. Well, we'll get right into it today. We are going to start with um, a fine brew. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be the Butcher, and it is an Imperial Stout from our friends over at Society. Pretty excited about this. It's the first bottled beer that Society has put out to the general public. Their tasting room. Uh, up off Claremont Mesa Boulevard is fantastic. And some of their brews, like the Harlot and Publican, are uh, among my favorites. Society is also now the home of Brandon Hernandez, an awesome writer who we interviewed in Beatdown Show number seven. He moved his operations over there after a uh, pretty impressive stint with uh, with Alesmith. And so he's over there. So our, our quick hello to Brandon Hernandez. And then I have another pal uh, who is also involved with stuff going on over there. My boy, the Bearcat, Josh, is uh, is one of their uh, main dudes over there as far as sales and representation. So, society's uh, the butcher. Let's get after it, boys. It's an imperial stout. It's very dark. 9.666%. It's got kind of a spooky theme. Let's uh, touch him up here. Wow! Now that it's is, uh, heavy. That is heavy, and unlike um, unlike a lot of other stouts that you'll have, they say that there is no chocolate, no hints of chocolate, or no coffee, which is usually where um, you know a they get their flavors. These stouts. I mean, what do you think, Ben? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I tasted that when when you said that it's just like it's pure stout. You know, most of these stouts are you know you get like the Belching Beaver's got all the. Uh, interesting peanut butters and chocolates and different kinds of chocolate and this one is woo, it, it's it's like a stout a swift stout kicking them behind that's right no doubt um now mcculin who we know has the uh most finicky palate of all uh at the beatdown show what do you think man yeah it's all right yeah uh, he's he's also that's a high that's higher on the praise level for yeah. him he didn't he didn't give it a thumbs down right. so that's a good sign uh the Pros on the bottle says that it is a roasty, bittersweet brutality. Um, I guess that's just their way of saying that uh, it's it's pretty bold. I mean, it definitely is. It to me, it almost has like an afterburn to it. Yeah, and well, and they've got the uh, the whole butcher and six 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 imagery, and uh, it's part of their st- how do you pronounce Stegen? that word? Stegen series. Uh, it, very appropriate for the Halloween time that we're in now. Absolutely. Uh, and we looked that up earlier. It means having to do with the river Styx, which, of course, uh, you know, hell. The circles of hell. Right. Exactly. I'll tell you what. Uh, I like this one. This is certainly not a summertime or a warm autumn like we're having here in San Diego type of beer. But, I mean, this would be great in 
uh, well, a place that gets really cold at <laughs> in yeah, winter. Think, uh, like we said, the the part they said about the not chocolate, not anything else, this is pure stout, pure unadulterated, I believe was a word that they use, which I like to use as well. Yes. Uh, stout. Well, it certainly is. I'm not convinced that they didn't do any sort of hint of coffee, but I'll tell you what, I uh, definitely don't have any sort of chocolatey flavor. Oh, McCoolin's going to crack the mic. I definitely taste chocolate and coffee in this thing. Right. So, see, I don't taste the chocolate, but I, the coffee flavor is is there for sure to me. So, they're uh, they're full of it. <laughs> you know, I think uh, maybe they were just trying to get a little too cute with there the- There was uh, definitely some cuteness with involved. With the PR flowery think, prose honestly, that everybody's doing. and this doing. is something I'm guilty of as well. They probably- uh, Wanted an excuse to word, use the word unadulterated, and I no doubt as you know, like I said, I've been guilty of that as well. It's a it's a fun word. Well, in any event, uh, definitely society's doing some big things. One of one of our favorite breweries here at the Beatdown Show in all of San Diego County, and uh, props to you guys for bottling that first one, and uh, and we like this one a lot. So let's switch gears. Let's go to a little lighter fare now. We have the Pilsner from McKellar. McKellar Brewing is also really just getting itself out there right now and really introducing itself. Uh, of course, this is uh, the brewery that just recently set up shop in Biramar, uh, actually in the old Alesmith uh, production facility when Alesmith moved down the road to bigger environs. And uh, McKellar, he does a kind of craft beer where he merges the traditions of European styles and uh, and SoCal kind of hoppy, usually that means hoppy and IPA t- type of styles. And I'll tell you what, uh, this one's only 4.6%. It's a hoppy Pilsner, it says. So I guess it, like, if he's going to call it a hoppy Pilsner, they're going to call it a hoppy Pilsner. It's, it's going to be that Southern California uh, hoppy style. I don't usually equate Pilsner with hops, but uh, why don't we clink them up one more time here? Prost, boys, prost. It is October, or the end of, so Oktoberfests have been happening all over the place. Uh, I would like to mention also San Diego Beer Week is almost upon us. I believe it starts on November the 4th, and it really goes longer than a week. Check your local listings on that. There's just so much going on with it that I can't even begin to break it down. Well, as you said in the beginning of the show, uh, this is the craft beer capital. uh, Screw you, Portland. Right. Get out of here, Austin. Right, uh, Denver and, and Den- Colorado Denver. as a whole. Yeah, uh, they can kick rocks. Um, several East Coast, uh, you know, ports. Yeah, what have you? Uh, I like this one. This is definitely a hoppy pilsner. In fact, if you didn't tell me that it was a pilsner, I'd think it was like a session ale, IPA or or pale. Um, maybe not a pale ale, but definitely doesn't taste like a pilsner to me. What do you guys think? I like the flavor. It's uh, it's it's smooth without being uh, watery down, which uh, sometimes can be a, a problem. Uh, f- people like me, kind of wusses that uh, don't like that harsh hoppiness, the harsh. Then you know your other op- your other option is some watered down stuff, but this is right in between. Nice and uh, nice, crisp, cool, good flavor. Indeed, I think it's got a little snap to it. Myself, McCoolin. We drank these in the wrong order. Mine tastes like coffee stout. Yeah. I, uh, that's my mistake. I, I accidentally put them in the wrong order. On the I was wondering about that, but I, I checked with you. and uh, Why don't you go rinse that out then? And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's too late now. Okay. Well, anyway, 
Uh, that's no reason not to give it a try. <laughs> sure, and unless unless you drink the other one right before this one is good, is is I think our review. Right. Well, anyway, it's it again. I didn't even give the name of it. It's called the California Dream. Uh, that's the Hoppy Pilsner by McKellar. I feel like that kind of showed through even without you saying it. The, the California Dream was 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 felt by everyone. Oh, and it was a dream, pal. It, it sure was, was really dreamy right here in California. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'll tell you what. I uh, I I'm excited to go check out. The, the brewery that McKellar took over from Alesmith's is basically Alesmith's old home. Uh, and they moved right in and, and, you know, switched it around. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited to get over there. They have 19 beers on tap, according to the website. And uh, it'd be nice to see what they did with the space. I mean, the new Alesmith building's amazing. And they've got that Tony Gwynn Hall of Fame inside and then an upper deck. I mean, it's massive. That place is awesome. Yeah, we got to go check it out. It's right near my uh, my current house, so uh, That's right. pick me up on the way, and let's uh, let's go up to Beermar and check it out. Let's go uh, Beermar it up. So uh, anyway, that's uh, what we have for you today on the What You Drinking On craft beer segment. Oh, Wait uh, for it. McCoolin's got something here. Hold on. Can I say something about the McKellar Brewery? Yeah, sure. And its comparison to the old Smith one? Oh, you've been to it. Yes, I have. That Smith one had the worst menu of any brewery I've ever been to for, like, the way to read it. They had these little dots for you could fill it up on a growler with a green dot. You can get a 16-ounce with the yellow dot. And then it just – all the prices were separated, and then there was a board with just dots all over it. Oh, boy. McKellar really knows how to do menus. <laughs> get rid of those dots. What's well, I, I think, again, uh, you know, it's the whole European way of doing things. And Well, what was the story? You said he traveled around Europe. Yeah, the brewer uh, – Mikeller or Michael or whatever his name is. Some version of that. Uh, again, they, they're not much for details on the website or even on the, uh, the, bottle on the uh, bomber nice here. Nice picture, though. The pictures are fantastic, but uh, unlike a lot of the other breweries, there's not a lot of flowery pros or PR marketing mishmash or hogwash. They didn't use the will. word unadulterated as much. No. If no, at all. Or at all. It's pretty much the uh, Surgeon General's warning and the name of the beer. But... Uh, I'm excited to go check them out, so we'll, we'll definitely do that. Uh, but let's uh, remind our listeners to be responsible. The Beatdown Show recommends that you respect the craft. Please drink responsibly. Respect the craft out there, Beatdowners. I know that you will. Well, man, I've got certain information. Let me drop it on the one. <laughs> Woohoo, boy. I'll tell you what, I'm excited to get into some of these things because it, it was a very crazy October in San Diego County, and uh, I, I think all around, I think uh, you know, with the uh, everything looming on November eighth, uh, things are just getting crazier and crazier exactly. here in with, with an election just a few weeks away, um, it's crazy. But I, I'll tell you what, sir, are you ready to spit the hot fire? More fire, more fire, more fire. Is I that a yes? certainly, absolutely, unequivocally, unequivocally am. Very nice, because so am I. More fire, more fire, more fire. Boom, boom, boom. All right. So, look, let's get serious. Bring here. that fire. Gonna bring it. Okay. I'm sure by now. More fire. There it is. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah. Alfred Olongo. That name should mean something to anybody who, with a pulse, was around for the month of October. This is the unarmed black man who was shot and killed by the El Cajon Police Department. And that was actually on September 28th. But the protests that happened in El Cajon and the legal action that's forthcoming from the NAACP 
and some of the citizens in El Cajon has spilled into much of October. It's kind of dominated headlines. And with what's with with this coming on the heels of what happened in Tulsa and in Charlotte this summer and 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 and, 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 and I mean, it just goes on and on. It's crazy that uh, in, in San Diego County now we're going to be in that list of places where this has happened. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you don't remember, the police uh, basically said that uh, the man was acting Olongo. He was acting uh, kind of uh, skittish. Well, but so sorry to interrupt right okay. early on, but I think this is one of the ones where the person's, I can't remember, sister, ex-girlfriend, friends or family, they're the ones that called the it police. Was the sister, yeah. yeah. The sister called the police because he was acting erratically. Right. So it's like, okay, not surprising that the guy's acting erratically. I called you for that reason. He was, Yeah, and, and you know, there may, there may have been some mental illness or uh, some instability, but uh, the police said that he assumed a shooting stance and pulled out a silver vape device out of his pocket is what it actually ended up being. He did not have a gun. He was not armed. And... Um, you know, he was basically on the verge of a mental breakdown. He was going through some personal issues. But, uh, you know, they also said that he did not follow orders. He was ordered several times to move along. I think the issue for me is with all the stuff that had been happening around the country. And I'm not really one to second guess the police. They have a hard job and they want to keep the public safe. I just, I just wonder sometimes if, if the training and, and this is not a, this is not an original thought. You're hearing this around the country when sure. people get outraged. If the training uh, practices of the police and the individual police departments needs to be, needs to undergo a major overhaul, and if a little more caution needs to be used. Now, certainly, if this guy had a gun on his person, uh, yeah, I mean the police have the right to, uh, you know, defend the public and. That's why they carry guns in the first place. But it's just tragic to me that this kind of thing keeps happening. And now it's happened here in San Diego County. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean and I, I th- the reason I jumped in is because to me, there's this huge distinction where, OK, if they go into a situation, the police and they don't know what's going on. And this person's acting erratically, erratically for reasons that they don't know. Um, but and there's but but there's been a couple of cases like this one where it's. You know, I think there was I can't remember where it was, but uh, there was one where the guy was comforting another kid. And the situations where people who knew the situation were the ones that called the police and said, hey, this is what's going on. There's this guy who's having trouble for whatever reason. You know, we need you to come on in. And it's like, you know, that's when there's a real distinction for me. It's like, okay, so, you know, they called in. They, They didn't say he had a gun. They said, hey, he's in trouble. We need some help just corralling him and and helping him. And and that's when it's really frustrating to me when, you know, because like you said, it's a hard job being a, a police officer and anything can happen at any time. And that's kind of the mindset that they're with, that they're going into these situations with. But when you have a little prior information and you, you've been called by the person who knows, you know, who's like, this is why this is happening. This is what's happening. Please give us a little help. That's when it's really, you know, extra. And I think that's why the protests, you know, here in El Cajon, they, you know, they, they were pretty pretty big and and pretty out you know maybe not big but 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 immediate is what i meant to say sure um and and lasted for a few weeks oh yeah you had you had protesters walking onto the 94 freeway shutting it down which i think is just incredibly stupid um you had swat team called out and 
some violence, but nothing as crazy as what happened in, in uh, other places like Charlotte, especially. Uh, peaceful protests, people. Peaceful yeah. protests. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes peaceful protests don't get don't get the coverage in the media. I shouldn't say sometimes they don't get the same coverage sure. in the local media, like local TV news and papers and stuff that, you know, a riot or looting gets. And that's a shame. But to me, the message will really resonate if people can keep it peaceful. But people are fed up, man. And, you know, I don't live in El Cajon. El Cajon's 15 miles east of, of where I live in San Diego. But. I've been to El Cajon. I've met people that are from out there. I know people that live in East County. It's troubling. And uh, and I also know cops, too. So I think at the end of the day, this is a refrain we've had on the Beatdown show again and again. It's one thing I know. If you're a person of color, you should probably do exactly what the police say, especially if you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Because it won't end tragically if you don't. And also... Gosh, you know, I think the police need to exercise a tiny bit more restraint and there needs to be some overhaul on the training and stuff, too. Agreed. Yeah. No question about it. Well, in a semi-related note, the Union Tribune actually published a database on its website uh, that you could look up. And there were there have been, according to the statistics I read, 383 fatal shootings in San Diego County involving uh, some form of authority, meaning the police, the sheriff, city police in the, in your, in your smaller cities like Oceanside or, or Carlsbad or Chula Vista, 383 from 1980 into the present. Okay. So that's 25, 26 years. I went ahead and just started messing around with the database. Cause you could type in normal, normal heights and see how many, uh, how many incidents or, fatal shootings there were in that 26 year period. And, you know, it just, you know, maybe there'd be maybe three or four North park, maybe five or six um, places that you don't equate with violence like Hillcrest and, and, uh, and maybe university Heights or mission Hills way lower Uh, over a 26 year period. That's not that bad. I don't think of San Diego as, as a, you know, overtly violent city. It has its problems like any big city in America, but I don't think of it as particularly violent in the way that you think of bigger cities like Los Angeles or even smaller cities like Fresno or Sacramento. Um, or, hell, we could even say Charlotte, probably. Yeah. Uh, so it was interesting to me to check that out and see what that was all about. Um, well, I mean, the, the, the issue that brings up, and, and we could go probably for a long time on all this kind of stuff, but, you know, I, I think the, the idea is that it's probably probably not getting worse necessarily it's just now we're hearing about it now they have the ability that the union tribune has the ability to make a database like that which they didn't have right. in 1980 right. uh and i think you know and it's, so it's not to say all oh, these police are getting worse out here these police are you know it's just a matter of hey you know this sucks this shouldn't happen and it's still happening uh, rather than it's getting worse exactly well uh Changing topics here, really, really, speaking of tragic, really tragic situation. You're going to bum us out some more? Happened. Yeah, I guess I am. Um, It was was, uh, middle of October, October 16th or 17th. um, A truck flew off the interchange from I-5 South to the Coronado Bay Bridge. So if you're heading... (laughs) So insensitive. Uh, Heading south. So if 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 you're ever, like, coming from north... 
of the Coronado Bridge and you're heading on southbound I-5, it's that point where you have to get on that kind of transition ramp to get onto the bridge. It's actually, it actually goes right through Barrio Logan and this pickup truck flew off the uh, transition ramp and landed into Chicano Park where there was a small festival going on and killed four people. The driver lived, obviously had some injuries and had to be taken to the hospital. And basically this truck flew 60 feet off the ramp, some 60 feet or more into Chicano Park, killing four people. The driver, 24 slash 24 or 25 year old Navy serviceman, and he was drunk. Surprise, surprise. Uh, he was later charged with DUI. Uh, he's facing four counts of vehicular manslaughter. Richard Anthony Sapolio was his name. He'd been day drinking. And what was the ironic part about it? Sorry, you were. Oh, well, me. yeah. A couple of things when we were talking, we were talking about this before the show. The, the first thing was that, yeah, he was out at a restaurant drinking and he took Uber to the restaurant, took Uber home from the restaurant uh, with a lady friend. And I guess they went back to her house. To her place. Yeah, right. where his truck was. And after knowing he needed to take Uber to and from the restaurant, he decided to drive his truck back, not just, you know, down the street, but across the Coronado Bridge. or To get home to Coronado yeah. where, he, where he lives. And so. so, you know, he had already known that he was drunk and taking the Uber back and forth and then went ahead and did that. And then the second part I thought was even more because, you know, he had a .08, we said, and, you know, we're not advocating drunk driving. But Absolutely when, you, when you get one of those stories, you, you expect it to maybe be, you know, .15 or, or higher. Or Double something. the limit or like something. Like he's not right. know what's going on. But I think what was what was more egregious or, or as egregious, I guess, was, was the part of the story where he was uh, trying to swerve. People were going too slow. He wanted to get by them, so he gunned it to 81 miles an hour on this interchange from a highway to a, to a bridge. 45 zone. Yeah. 81. I mean, and so you're zooming ridiculous. around people at 81. I mean, that, that was the part. And, you know, that, that really uh, seemed like, you know, you know you're doing something stupid when you're doing that. And, you know, it just it brought up a larger point, too. First of all, tragic loss of life for the four people that lost their lives. There were several others injured. Uh, obviously, the driver himself was injured. But it brought up a point that I saw about how there's no suicide prevention fence slash more of a secure, I guess what you'd call it, a guardrail on the bridge or on the way onto the bridge. And, and trust me, there, there have been a lot of suicides off the Coronado Bridge. In fact, there was one just a couple of days ago, a jumper uh, who lost his life. And that's always yeah, I think that's what also was bringing attention to the, the suicide nets was, yeah, that, that, that just happened a few days ago. And sure. And I think any of us who've been on that bridge, I mean, that's a scary bridge. There's, I, I think I've driven on bridges all around, uh, sure, the, the Bay country area, kind of Bay area yeah. but also in Massachusetts and sure. in the, in the, in the East coast. And yeah. they, that's pretty much the scariest one I've been on just because of it's sort of, it's just kind of a thin bridge that doesn't have any of this it's stuff not real about. yeah it's not real high the guardrails aren't real high so there's some debate on that of course it costs a lot of money to erect these kinds of fencings and you know to me it'd be money well spent even if you know it's something that they have to raise a tax for now we're just getting a little bit more yeah presumptive if it's about the money hey i mean that's something that's worth the money that you know people that's what government is for is to spend money on stuff like this i when I see the other, you know, the other con is the aesthetics. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, 
that that bridge isn't some you know aesthetic what do you call it aesthetic uh, masterpiece. It's, well, it's, but it's, it's part of the San Diego skyline. Or yeah, the, but or the... but it would still be part of the skyline with a with a suicide net on it. Um, yeah, to me that that one right. doesn't hold much water. I, you know, I agree with you though. I agree with you though. But yeah, I I think it's pretty when it's lit up and there's been talk of hey you know it's coming up on its. Uh, there, it's coming up on a very significant anniversary. I want to say maybe it's 50th anniversary is in 2019. And they were talking about lighting it up and spending a bunch of city dollars on that. Instead, spend the money on, on some kind of a better guardrail fence. I don't know that it's necessarily supposed to be a net, but we get the point, prevent tragedy. And that would be huge. Okay. Now we need to move on to measure C. The Chargers Stadium Initiative. We've been largely silent on it here at the Beatdown Show. Touch, kind of dabbled, kind of dipped our toes in it. But How now, was the water? Was it fine? Oh, it was. It was a bit tepid. Oh. But I'll tell you what, we are going to go balls deep right now. <laughs> We're diving right in. Do we have a sound effect for balls deep? I don't know if we do. I don't think we do. But, okay, uh, I hope that's actually probably for the best. I think McCoolin just hits record and doesn't really pay attention. So that's okay. Uh, (laughs) He's laughing. All right. So here's the deal. Pretty much I've been supporting the efforts of us taxpayers to vote for a measure to get the Chargers Convadium because it's supposed to be the convention center slash stadium. We invented a new word with this whole process. Convadium. Uh, You know, joint project. It's no unadulterated. It's definitely not an unadulterated situation. Well, I really got on board when I found out it's not going to cost the taxpayers any money. It's going to come out of a, a hotel tax hike, a hotel room tax hike, or the transient occupancy tax uh, of 4%, which basically means the folks that view, visit our beautiful city are the ones that'd be paying for it. That's all well and good. And I don't buy the argument from the people that are against it that say, oh, well, now no one's going to book conventions in San Diego. Our transient Uh, occupancy tax is already lower, much lower than cities like Chicago and Boston and places that have way worse weather. You took the words out of my mouth. The the prices for hotels here is is quite reasonable compared to what what you get when you're visiting San Diego compared to... LA is higher than ours. Yeah, and and Chicago, like you said, Chicago is crazy and... It's pretty high. I mean... I want to say close to 20% in Chicago. Yeah, and so we're looking to go... I was just in Chicago. I know this. And we're looking to go from 12 to 16%. And and if you look at the price, the actual amount of money, you know, there's a a Hyatt right by my house, super nice, that my parents stay at. It's 150 a night, you know, and you, you get that. Chicago, you spend 200 for... A, a little box room, you know, so there's that, uh, you know, we won't even get into the Airbnb uh, debate where you can potentially pay less just about anywhere you go. But don't get off track. I'm not going to get off track. Measure C. I'm doing a full reversal. What? We just said how I'm doing a full reversal here. But you said, what did I say? No, go ahead. OK, I'm doing a full reversal. I when the ballot when it comes time to vote on the ballot on November the 8th, that's election day. For those of you listening, and perhaps uh, it's too late to register now, but for those of you that may not know when the actual election is, it's the second Tuesday in November. The 8th, you're saying? The 8th. Yeah, uh, got it. There's been enough uh, you know, national coverage of what, what that day is going to be. But, but locally, on Measure C, I'm voting no. What? I'm going to do it. I, uh, but you're a huge Chargers fan. I am. I am, and I'm getting got- applause. From- wow. 
I, I after thinking about it for a long time, I, there's just too many things that I have a problem with. And by the way, one of the best news outlets in San Diego, although liberal leaning, but that's kind of what we are here, is the voice of San Diego.org. And there's enough really, really good information there for you to maybe get your mind changed if you were on the yes side. Yes, I'm going to be a Charger fan as long as they're in town. Yes, I'm going to continue to root for them on Sundays. Yes, I'm not going to root for them if they move to Los Angeles or some other far off city. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's a bad deal, this Convadium thing. It's not good. And it's not because it's hotel tax. It's just, it's, it's, I don't like the support that the Spanoses are giving to it uh, because they've basically paid for this huge media advertising blitz for yes on C, yes on C. I'll give you some examples here, Sar. Okay. Please do, because I'm still skeptical. They've got slick commercials with the former mayor, Jerry Sanders, talking about how this is going to make San Diego a first-class city. BS. That's an insult. It already is. So get out of here with that argument. Second, they have former Charger player and now broadcaster Nick Hardwick probably getting a couple of extra shekels to basically be a shill for the yes on C in these ads. And I find that really offensive uh, because he's already getting paid to be, and he's you know a very successful new broadcaster. I mean, he's only been retired two years, less than. And he is obviously getting, you know, some sort of kickbacks from the Spanos family that owns the Chargers. So I'm not buying that either. And then this is, to me, the most egregious. And it's the not-so-subtle post-game interviews after a Charger game, whether they're talking to Coach Mike McCoy or Phillip Rivers. And you see that Vote Yes on C banner with the Charger bolt logo behind them it's just you know a cheap and easy way to get free advertising when they're getting interviewed by you know local tv news or something like that and it's just i'm not buying it and while it will be a national story for the nfl if they move here's the deal they got to get two-thirds of the vote on this thing that's not going to happen i think almost everybody knows that's not going to happen but i think what the charges are really hoping for is that more than 50% of the population votes yes so that they get like a majority saying yes so that then they can go back to the table and try and negotiate some sort of new deal. But keep in mind, as soon as this thing fails, and it will undoubtedly fail, it's going to be that much longer before before you get a new... Stadium built in San Diego. They want to go in the East Village. Someone raised a good point to me the other day. You go there just east of Petco Park. Where's the tailgate going to happen? There's no parking. I mean, sure, people. some people are going to take public transit and find alternative ways of getting down there. But a lot of season ticket holders drive. And they got to park. And then that figuring that whole mess but there's going to be no tailgating scene at all. That's part of the fun in the NFL. So, okay, so let me get this straight. Um, I, so I, I, what I think you're saying is that you don't like this deal specifically. You don't like where it's going to be. You don't, don't. like... There's, there's, uh, right. Right. So, I well, I guess the question is, for me, because I you know, I was coming in here supporting it, uh, thinking, like you said, like you brought up at first, the hotel tax. Um, to me, that's what made it, you know that it was okay there wasn't you know it's not even costing the taxpayers any money correct so 
where so i guess my question to you uh, if i can put on my interviewer cap for a second so what what you you sort of started to say it, but what what is it that you f- would for someone who likes the Chargers and right. is a Charger fan I'm and wants the fan. Chargers to live to be in San Diego, what would you either have preferred happened or would prefer happened? I mean, the best scenario of all is the NFL and the Spanoses pick up the check all the way, but the Spanoses aren't going to do that sure. because they, they see other that. cities doing it, and there's the lure of LA. But one thing I know. Is there's already a team in L.A., the Rams, and yes. Stan Kroenke owns the building that will be put up in 2018. And the Chargers, I know the Spanos family a little bit from being a San Diego native. They are less excited about the idea of being a second tenant and being beholden to being Kroenke the Clippers, and the being Rams. the White Sox, being right. the, yeah. Well, I mean, the Clippers is the better example because they share the building yeah. with, with the Lakers. And even though the Clippers... Way better for the past five years. The price, the ticket prices for that's the no Lakers bearing. are still, yeah. They're still the little brother of the Lakers, and that's exactly that's what's, what's going to happen to the Chargers if they go to L.A. Sure. So, so I guess what you're saying is that you think uh, we we don't need this deal. We 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 have better reasons to keep the Chargers than, or better ways to keep the Chargers than this deal. Come up with a better deal, and they'll tell you what. There's some folks that will never, especially the people that are non-sports folks in San Diego, and there are, there there's a there's a uh, definitely a large portion of folks that just don't care either way see I don't, that's the people i don't get is like you know they're artsy people there no no no. i don't I, hey I, I i get that you know you know i don't mind you don't like sports but i don't get why you vote no if it's a hotel tax and you don't like sports i i i think oh i think we have one uh actually who's who can answer my question right there away we go another san diego resident who's probably gonna vote no, you're not gonna even vote. All right. He's Actually, an I'll I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the truth. I was at I went to the theater last night. I saw a commercial for this, and I immediately thought, "Fuck, I should go vote to say <laughs> no to this stupid bullshit." Uh, I don't believe any tax money should be raised to fu- uh, fund any sort of private company. That's that's that is completely wrong. No matter who you're taking the money from, that is way wrong. Because uh, do we get kickbacks from that? No, they just say you get jobs. But that's not even that many, actually. Yeah, it's so not it's overstated. Not, yeah, it's completely overstated. And if you look at the NHL team that's going to be opening up in Las Vegas, guess how much tax money they raised to build that stadium? None. Nothing. That's right. So what the like? Why? Why do? Why does this company get to go to the government and make other people pay for their their what they're going to make money off of? Could you imagine if Walmart went and got tax funds? Oh, don't worry. We're going to take it from not you guys. We're going to get it from other suckers. It's wrong. Yeah, I agree. Thank you, McCoolin. Man, you like it. I'll tell you what. He's really coming out of his shell on this episode. I mean, he, he's cracked the mic here and there over think, the course of uh, of the 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 beatdown show. But today, he's really he's really got a fire burning inside. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I think what might have done it was the uh, when you mixed up and put the stout before. The lighter, yeah, crisp one. That was what he—he he just had enough, and he had to—he had to say something. Yeah, I'll tell you what. There's, uh, there's a fire in his loins. No, but that was a good answer to and, my question uh, about the, uh, the tax thing. You know that 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 makes you know that that's a that's a position that I can respect absolutely. Right. Uh, you know, oh, we're giving it to the hotel to the transient people. No, why is anyone paying for this? Spanos's freaking to make more money. It's their greed. It's you know, it's Spanos greed and. And uh, it's a shame, but I'll tell you what, most, if you, if you listen to some of the national outlets like ESPN and Fox sports and, and some of the other, uh, read some of the other sporting press, people think that the chargers belong in San Diego. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm, I'm a native 
So I'm talking about the non-native thing. Ah, it just wouldn't be right if the, and I agree. It would really be terrible if they left, but we need a better deal. And so if this brings them back, then that's great. There's some people that believe that, uh, that there's no way they'll go to LA. In fact, former general manager, AJ Smith, uh, who, did he is, draft Philip Rivers? He was he wasn't the one who drafted him, oh. but he drafted several people after that. I was going to say that's a smart pick, and he's been gone now for a few years. Um, you know, he uh, he he thinks that the Spanoses are bluffing and that there there's no way they want to be the second tenant, and that they're just if this doesn't work out, they'll try and conjure up another deal. Well, Whatever. This this is it's just giving me a headache. Well, right. can I just say something? Sure. You and McCoolin have swayed me. It won't. I you, you gonna go now? You know, I because you know I didn't consider. I just wasn't consider. I kind of thought this was this or this or they're gone. But if you're you know if there's a lot of thoughts and out there that they're, that well, some we can get a better deal. Be. But yeah. but if you're thinking we can get a better deal than this to, and still have the charter stay, then like like I said, you've convinced me. I'll tell you what. For for those of you listening out there, make up your own minds. Vote with your conscience. Do what you got to do, um, and we'll move on. All right, let's move on to our next story, or do we have... Oh, no, we're done with this. Okay. Oh. Well, it's a perfect segue into a little segment we like to call... Sports! I don't know if it'll make any change, but I figure it's time for me to start playing ball. I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. Yeah, we went a little long on that last segment, but, you know. Well, it was infor- It was uh, very informational to me. No, I, I, I hope it was, and I, I hope you vote with your conscience. Educational, I guess. Yeah. McCoolin is, won't be voting either way, so it doesn't I matter. I think he was saying no on, you know. What's that? You just said it's too late to register? It is. California is a re- Really dumb when it comes to this You've been registering here for thing. four years. Yeah, I know, but I I don't ever usually have a reason to vote. There's no good candidates usually, but uh, there's like these props and stuff that are good. Right. Uh, but in, tell me how you want me to vote, and I'll vote for you. Um, just kidding. In um, no. In Minnesota, I could just show up with a piece of mail, like a utility bill, and my license, and if they matched, I could vote. I didn't have to register beforehand, uh, and then I was gonna do it. Uh, this weekend, and then you just said it's too late. It is. Yeah, yeah you missed the deadline. So I guess buddy. I'm not voting. <laughs> All right. But I only knew I was going to vote until I saw that commercial yesterday. It's so. okay. It's only a presidential year. Don't worry about it. We, well, we'll get I you. Say, you have four more years to get can it. Can I say that? Uh, uh, I don't. You know, this is. I know this is broadcast, so well, you know, we'll keep her name out of it. But my girlfriend, uh, she actually. Uh, you know, she's she's got a few thoughts on a few measures, but uh, she, that she wants to vote for. But on a few other ones, she's undecided, and uh, she said she might be willing to sell her vote for a nice dinner. She, oh wow! Uh, she's done uh, she's done that before uh, in the past. Uh, Bernie Sanders got her <laughs> vote in the primary uh, thanks to a nice dinner from one of our other friends. So there you go. something to think about, McCool. There we go. Um, and maybe one of those quesadillas. For anyone uh, actually monitoring this, we are, of course, uh, kidding for entertainment purposes only. Oh, of course. Just like when we talk about gambling. Exactly. So, entertainment purposes only. So, speaking of the Chargers, let's just talk about their on-field exploits right now. Okay? I'm actually pretty excited. They're coming off two terrific wins. A Thursday night win at the Denver Broncos, which was just great. 
And an overtime win at Atlanta, 33-30, which looked like it was going to be like every single of the four losses they've had this year where they set us up and then pulled the rug out from under us and lost. But they got it done with the Josh Lambeau field goal in overtime after coming back from being down pretty significantly. Oh, yeah, I was uh, watching that game, and uh, it was impressive. It was, it was good. I mean, Phillip Rivers this year, uh, I think he's probably in the top five for MVP right now, if not top two, three. Well, if he isn't, he should be. He's got over 2,000 yards on the season. He's thrown 13 touchdowns. The guy who's really impressed me is uh, second-year running back, Melvin Gordon. Oh, yeah. Eight touchdowns. After having zero rushing. last year? Is right. that correct? Zero last year. Eight touchdowns rushing. He has two receiving. He's looking great. I'll tell you who I'm really excited about is rookie tight end Hunter Henry. Three TDs on the season. Looking like a beast out of University of Arkansas. I have no thoughts on him. Well, I have one more thought on him, and you could probably chime in on this. As well as he's playing, it's starting to look like it's father time catching up to old Antonio Gates. And that hurts my heart because he's been my favorite Charger, number 85, for a long time. But every year he's out for a few games with injuries. He usually, you know, ends up putting up respectable numbers. He's obviously in decline, but... Well, it just looks like this might be it after this year. Well, it seems to me that he can he can still play a little bit, and he could still be a nice second tight end. So right. let's do a contract situation where we work that all out, and he doesn't get paid quite as much, and he sticks around to, uh, you know, be a nice leader on the Chargers for the next few years as he his uh, as his the twilight settles on his wonderful career. I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, Chargers have a uh, another game coming up by the time this episode's out at home against Denver. Denver twice in three weeks. Uh, NFL, stupid job of scheduling. The NFL did something stupid. What? Imagine that. I, uh, why would we play Denver twice in three weeks? I don't. I don't get it. With no bye week in there either. Yeah. No, that is really weird. And one of them was a Thursday game. So give me a break. That was just so twice in the span of about thirteen days. Asinine, or as I like to say, that's nonsense. Give me a break. That is so, tomfoolery. Keep it going, Chargers. The one thing I will say. The and just is just to tie back in the measure C thing one last time. He's got more thoughts, folks. The idea that the Chargers' early success would help push the ballot measure across is also nonsense. I don't care if they were seven and zero or zero and seven right now, and they're they're they've been a mostly middling to below average three and four. That's not really going to change any voters' minds. If it is, they're morons. Yes, agreed. God, so get out of here with that. Okay, Padres, real quick, and because it's it's baseball off season for the you Padres. Mean, what you're saying is two years to the day since the. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, moving, moving about the Padres. Right along, yeah. yeah. So uh, obviously we know Padres GM AJ Preller was suspended 30 days. That suspension is over, and word on the street is his phone is ringing off the hook about players that, uh, you know, in the hot stove off-season talk, trades, that sort of thing. Well, that last two weeks, the the, the, the Padres, we, we saw one of the games. I mean, the Padres were all these guys that, you know, all these youngsters and and uh, no-name guys were, were killing it. They were. They were putting out a great effort. Unfortunately, they still didn't hit 70 wins, which I was kind of hoping for. Too bad. It's a pretty uh, low number to not even be able to hit. But Yeah. Anyway. 
so that's too bad. Uh, hey, Preller, make some deals. Do whatever you got to do. Keep Will Myers, please. Yes, the Keep sweetest, sweetest swing in baseball. In my not-so-humble opinion. So wait, uh, just real quick on the side. So AJ is apparently the, the name for GMs in San Diego? Right, right. We had AJ Smith with the Chargers. Now we have AJ uh, Preller. Yeah. I'm know? trying to think of another AJ that we could bring in to, uh, but that, I'm not sure there's many famous other AJs. Uh, AJ Foyt, the legendary uh, yeah, IndyCar driver. I knew you had it for me. Maybe, maybe he's going to get a San Diego IndyCar team started. That would, and I think it would work well. Yeah, that'd be incredible. Uh, moving along, Aztecs, San Diego State football is continuing to thrive. They're coming off a 40-13 to 13 thrashing of Utah State and Guys, I'm telling you, I've been talking about it on the Beatdown Show. Donnell Pumphrey, their running back, who's a way outside shot at a Heisman, but it'd be a victory if he got invited to New York to be on the dais the day they vote, is killing it. He is the NCAA's leading rusher with 1,469 yards. He is now top five all-time for his career with over 5,000 yards, and he has an outside shot of becoming the number one all-time guy. The knock on him, of but course. you're talking about all-time in NCAA history, That's not right. San Diego State history. No, he's already Division there. He already history. passed Marshall Falk, your boy, yes. a while ago. He's going for the NCAA record, which would be amazing because not only not only is he not really a huge guy, he's small, but he's fast and displays the sort of deft cutting and change of speed that I haven't seen in a guy in quite some time. People throw the ball pretty much all the time in not only just college, but NFL. Sure. So for him to be racking up 200 plus yards almost per game, which he definitely put 230 on Utah State uh, last evening. And uh, one somebody, somebody we know uh, quite a bit of money on that game, if I remember one of our good friends. That's right. Right. So it was so, a big it was a big victory uh, for our degenerate gambling friend. Sure. So, hey, listen, San Diego State has four games left, two at home. I'm definitely going to the home game against Hawaii on November 5th. That'll be fantastic. Let's do it. I'm in. Okay, let's bring you along for the ride, Sar. Uh, then they go on the road for two weeks. The tricky one will be the 19th at Wyoming. You're playing at ele- Elevation. Wyoming Cowboys... Uh, for whatever reason, give people trouble when you're when because teams come from sea level have a hard time up there. I think they have a hard time figuring out where they are. What we're, we're in what Wyoming? I've never uh, even heard of this place. Uh, Laramie, Wyoming. Yeah, uh, it's a thriving metropolis. And then they'll uh, the Aztecs will of course end the season at home against Colorado State. If all that goes well enough, they'll play in the Mountain West Championship game a week after that, I believe. And that's most likely going to be against Boise State. That could be a tough game. Oh, that'll be fun. But uh, an opportunity. All you ask for is an opportunity. Coach Rocky Long doing big things at San Diego State. And uh, I've already been to a game this year where they beat those pathetic Cal Bears from Berkeley. Oh. So, uh, get at it. Shots him. fired. There we go. Also, real quick note, college basketball season's coming up. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but this is pretty awesome. The AKA City Championship will be the start of the season for both USD, the Toreros, at San Diego State. The Aztecs, of course, they are uh, perennially perennially one of the uh, better clubs uh, to watch and obviously the hottest ticket in San Diego. I've been saying that for years. That's a great game. Last year, the Toreros 
spanked the Aztecs in an outdoor game at Petco Park, and Ooh. Aztecs have decided no more outdoor games. Sure, the one on the the one on the uh, the one on the uh, Midway Carrier outdoors against Syracuse didn't go so well a few years ago, and the one at Petco didn't go well. Well, either. I think we we all know those ballers that can't play outside, right? Exactly, they're just they got to stay in the gym. Yeah, you know, you know it's kind of cushy in there. You know, exactly. It's not uh, it's not quite as rugged as the outdoor. The outdoor game, right, where you really learn to, to come up as a young baller. Exactly. So, all right. Well, I think we're kind of at another point in the show now. Music! Music! You're listening to The Beatdown Show, featuring the insuperable C. Colton. Now... Back to the show. Back to the show, indeed. All right. We're back. Hey, by the way, so we've got some updates on Gorgeous Boy Scouts. That's executive producer McCoolin's band. Him and That's uh, why he's been so chatty today. I know. Him and two other guys, Nick Schwartz and uh, Mike Lomangino. I wasn't even going to give those guys props, but props to those just guys. wanted to say Lomangino. Hey, this is a band on the rise. I'm telling you right now, Sar, I'm bringing you to their next show. Oh, I just picked up, well, you're going to talk about it. Right, we'll get into it. Um, by the time this airs, they will have played a show in Orange County, which I think is great. That They're getting outside of San Diego County and really expressing themselves all over Southern California. Well, if anyone's listening to this who's ever lived in Lake Forest before, that's where they'll be. Right, but so. by the time this airs, that show will have happened. Good for them. They also did a pretty rockin' show in Imperial Beach at the Salty Frog. McCoolin says it was a uh, it was a smash success. That's exactly what he said. And your, your impression of him was spot on. It's pretty much spot on. So, hey, uh, if you get a chance, on November the 2nd, they're going to be playing at La Mesa, doing a set at uh, The Rook. Go check them out. Again, check their Facebook page and Are you the saying website. they're going to play like veterans at The Rook? Oh, they're going to play like vets, old school vets. They're becoming old school vets. They're, they're, uh, they're really coming together as a band. So I appreciate that. Uh, also, uh, by the time this airs, the Halloween spooktacular that I try to go to every year will have happened at Soda Bar. Real quick, getting back to Gorgeous Boy Scouts. They're dropping their EP called We Blow. It's a six-song EP, and it'll be out. It's free. You can also find it online. So that's another way. Gorgeousboyscouts.com. There you go. That's another way to get their uh, their EP. Check that out. Uh, but they don't really blow. They don't. No. Well, not, yeah, depending on which. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, decide for yourselves. Uh, yeah, the Halloween Spooktacular going on Monday, October 31st. So episode will maybe have dropped by then. Is always a great show at Soda Bar. Several bands playing covers. They also even dress up. Really excited. Wild Wild Wets are going to be doing early Pink Floyd. My boy Danimal, who's been a guest, BDS show number nine. His band, Soul Orchid, will be doing Janis Joplin covers. How about that? Underrated artist right there. And they have a new female lead, so I'm interested to see what Soul Orchid... I'm going to see if this crooner, if she can really make the Janice You know happen. something I'd like to say about Janice is she's got that soul and then so I think some, a, a band like Soul Orchid should really be able to capture that. Absolutely. So that should be great. A couple other bands doing some off, really off the hook awesome covers. 
So check that out if you get this in time. Uh, I'd also like to report about a show I went to recently at the Casbah, and it was uh, not not local bands, but long mainstays in kind of the pop rock, and now I guess they play a little bit of country. Super Suckers opened and gave support to a band I really like that's doing kind of a rockabilly country Americana feel, and that is Reverend Peyton and his big damn band, or I think they're actually called Reverend Peyton's Big Damn Band. That's a good name. They're fantastic. I believe his wife plays the washboard, Breezy Peyton. She's yeah, she fantastic. Does. Uh, they do good stuff. If you're not into that kind of music, it'll probably get old after three songs. I'm into that kind of music. And at the iconic venue, the Casbah, one of the greatest places to see some live music. It, it never uh, disappoints, man. It really doesn't. You're going to have to take me there sometime. I certainly will. And uh, I'll tell you what, get out and see local shows, people. There's also a lot of really famous acts coming to town. A couple that I'd like to highlight. Uh, local boys, Slightly Stupid, returning to the area off their tour. They'll be playing at Observatory North Park, one of the best venues. Oh, that one you've taken me to already, and it you've was one there. of the best it's venues. fantastic. Um, also, we've got uh, Method Man and Red Man. Also playing at the hip-hop-friendly observatory. Tear the roof off that place. I'll tell you what, uh, just don't bring your your smoke to that, though, because the security is Because there will already be enough there. Yeah, there will be enough there, but the security is pretty harsh on folks bringing uh, little outside uh, extracurriculars. Well, you know, once we get that prop passed, then everything will be okay. There won't be no problem. Prop 64, which I think will pass easily. Roll in my six. Statewide. There you go. That's an easy way to remember it. Uh, all right, some other shows coming up. Uh, a longtime Los Angeles kind of punk progressive rock band X is playing two nights at the Casbah in December. Check them out. They, those are usually sold out shows. New Year's Eve, the Brian Setzer Orchestra. Hey, how about a little swing rock rockabilly? That's going to be at New Year's Eve at the Belly Up. And then a show that I'm really excited about. On the fourth, it's two. It's two nights, the fourth and fifth of which month of January 2017. So it's next. Some of the early which shows year, next, I should have said yeah. next year. Devil makes three. They are going to be in town doing two shows at the Observatory. That one will sell out. You have my word on that. And uh, yeah. didn't didn't McCoolin have a recommendation uh, for coming up a little more uh, in the next few days at the yeah. Observatory? Yeah, I believe there's a uh, pretty good show. The Addicts are going to be playing at Observatory on Tuesday, November 1st. So uh, get your behinds out to that if you like that old school 70s punk, punk, right? So, yeah, check them out, and they all dress up like the uh, dudes from Clockwork Orange. That's right. So you know your stuff, Sar. I'm impressed. I remember when he told me a few minutes ago. Definitely show You show prepped really good. Uh, So that is our uh, kind of local music segment. And oh, now here we go. He's already sweating, folks. Oh, I'm sweating hard because it's time for the signature portion of the show. I I got so excited, I almost lost my mind. (laughs) The beatdown list. This is where we put folks on blast, put people in their place, and give them a uh, big swift kick in the butt. Exactly, but not literal. Of course. Do we have a disclaimer about that? We do. Good. I just want to make sure. First, let's start 
I'll mix up the order. Let's start with Richard Anthony Sapolio. This is the gentleman, Navy serviceman who drove his pickup truck off the Coronado Bridge interchange from I-5, killing four people, unfortunately, in Chicano Park. You idiot. 24, 25 years old, had your whole life in front of you, You're in the Navy. What are you doing? You used Uber twice. You made the right decision twice in a row. And then I don't know what happened. The chick kicked you out. It wasn't going down the way you wanted it to. And you were like, F this, I'm over it, I'm going home. Wrong call, buddy. Wrong call. Hit the bricks. Richard. Tick rocks. Richard Anthony Sapolio. Unbelievable. Moving on. A waste of space. Hopefully he rots in jail. All right, next up on the beatdown list. It is, uh, it's got a political hint to it. It's a uh, Republican U.S. representative seeking re-election, Daryl Issa. This guy in California's 49th congressional district, which includes coastal North County and parts of southern Orange County, has been in office for almost 16 years because his demographic hasn't changed. It's mostly rich white folks who just keep voting him in. And why not? He's sometimes been referred to as the most wealthy member of Congress. He made his uh, he made his long paper with car alarms. Do you guys remember the Viper car alarms? You're talking about the one that says, this is Viper. Please walk away from the vehicle. Please stand back. Exactly. Please stand back. That guy doing that and other types of car security made his millions, got into politics and is obviously hardcore right wing aside from the fact that he's a Trump supporter and aside from the fact that the New York Times calls him a mini Trump and he's still supporting Trump despite many longtime Republicans kind of stepping away or outright pulling their support for that other waste of space ice is still doing it and he's in for a really hot race because Colonel Doug Applegate on the Democratic side is probably going to take him down or at least put some serious heat on his neck in this election cycle. Well, so uh, would you say Issa is playing it, at least he's, despite all those facts, is he at least playing it nice and fair during this election? No, and not at all. He's been mudslinging at Colonel Doug Applegate and really some underhanded tactics. Oh, wow, politics, you don't say. And it's been mostly unfounded. So Issa, hit the bricks, pal. Hey, Issa. Please step away from the district. Yes. And uh, that's been our beatdown list. The beatdown list segment of this podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only and does not condone or advocate violence in any form. Its larger purpose is to serve cautionary notice for the intended people or entities herein exposed that the informed populace is omnipresent, outraged, and fully operational and will no longer accept any tomfoolery, trickeration, hijinks, absurdity, rope-a-doping, carnival barking, hypocrisy, or insanity in any form or manner. Whatsoever! Hey, McCoolin's best friend, the cowbell. Hey, thanks again, Chris Sar, for being here. It was a real treat to have you in studio, Ice Nine, once again. It was a treat to be here. I uh, can't believe we babbled so much, but hey, hopefully a few people want to hear what we had to say. Let's hope so. Find us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Write a review. Love us on Facebook. You can do that. Write a review on Podcast Addict or iTunes. 
tell us how much we suck. Interact on Twitter at BeatdownShow. Find out about the Gorgeous Boy Scouts at GorgeousBoyScouts.com. Thank you very much, Chris. And thank you to the man behind the ones and twos, McCoolin. I am your host, C-Note. And as I always say, namaste. Namaste.